Hello and welcome to the All Plane Podcast, where in every episode, aviation professionals share insights about their area of expertise between the aviation industry. But before we start, just a quick reminder that you can find the whole podcast collection and plenty of other aviation stories on our website, allplane.tv. That's a A-L-L-P-L-A-N-E.tv. On this podcast, we usually talk about airplanes, and by airplanes, I mean fixed-wing aircraft. However, today, for a change, we are going to talk about helicopters, because helicopters are the specialty of our guest today. Charlotte Pedersen is the CEO of Lux Aviation Helicopters, one of the major aviation operators in the world, serving the VIP and VVIP segment. In fact, she has devoted her whole career to helicopters, both in the private and public sectors. Prior to Lux Aviation, Charlotte worked for the Civilian Aviation Authority of Luxembourg, and before that, she also flew seeking helicopters for the Royal Danish Air Force, where she even had the Queen of Denmark on board as a passenger a number of times. In this episode, we talk about the business of providing helicopter rides for the rich and famous, about new trends in rotor-wing aircraft, and of course, about how the current pandemic is also having an impact in the helicopter world. So without further ado, let me introduce our guest today. Hello, Charlotte. How are you? Fine, thank you. Very it's fine. Except, except the weather is not so good uh, outside right now in Luxembourg. It's raining and it should be 25 degrees and sun. So. Yeah, it's raining here as well. I mean, in Barcelona at the moment, and we had pretty good weather, but today it looks like we are back in winter. It's rainy and cloudy. So not, not a great helicopter weather. Because actually today we're going to talk about helicopters, which is a, a topic you know really well. And that I must confess that for all the time I spend looking at aviation things, it's a big unknown to me. Although I have yeah. written a couple of pieces about helicopters, but it, it's an area that I don't know as well as fixed wing aircraft. So I think it's going to be great to, to learn a bit more about this segment of the aviation and aerospace industry. Shall I suggest we start by introducing who you are? You're a former helicopter pilot, right? With yes. the Danish military. You're originally from Denmark. That's true. You used to fly um, one of these large seeking military helicopters, right? Yes, who now most of them are only to be found in museums, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah. I'm, I'm, even though I don't want to admit it, I'm slowly approaching um, the, the age of the dinosaurs <laughs> because oh. my, my, my airplanes are to be found in museums only. But there's still quite a few operational. There, there are some. The, uh, the Seeking, which I was uh, trained on initially, um, uh, now it's uh, already 30 years back. They were um, a really good workhorse uh, mm -hmm. as a helicopter. And they simply continued to, um, to fly. And if you maintained them well, um, a lot of the countries who have them in operations, the, the machines are close to 40 years old and they mm -hmm. still fly. And, and they fly in the sea, which I guess it's a more unforgiving environment. It must be really a rough and tough. Yes, yes that's metal. true. That's true. But the Sea Kings was um, such a nice helicopter to fly. You will hear the same from a lot of the pilots who have flown them. 
that that was a um, almost a machine that you had a, a strong passion about, I would say, mm -hmm. because it was easy to read. Not that it didn't break down all the time, but it was easy to to analyze what was wrong with it and okay. to decide uh, can we move on or not. A safe machine. You even flew Queen Margaret of Denmark on occasion, right? Yes, we did. We did because at that time when I was in the military in Denmark, it was the Air Force. Um, my squadron was called 722 Squadron, and we were doing uh, search and rescue uh, all over Danish uh, territory and also at night into the neighbor countries. We had a really good collaboration with uh, the neighboring countries on uh, search and rescue um, capacity. But uh, one of the missions we had, which was uh, one of our favorite ones, besides search and rescue, of course, was that uh, whenever our royal household had to go somewhere, um, how shall I say, uh, off the normal airports in the country, um, and uh, if uh, we as a helicopter could uh, support their transportation needs, then we were used also to fly the royal family. So that was something very special. And, and the queen was always extremely um, pleasant to fly with. She always came to us in the cockpit and said uh, hello and goodbye and thank you and mm -hmm. had a little, a little nice comment. Later, you continue to work in helicopters, also with a very VIP um, public, let's say, because you are now at Lux Aviation, right? Which is mm -hmm. a, a helicopter operator based in Luxembourg. Uh, mm -hmm. Is it the, large, the largest or possibly one of the largest um, helicopter operators in Europe and possibly the world as well? Um, yes and no. I would say it depends what sector you look at or what specific uh, niche area you, you look at. So Lux Aviation Group is a global business aviation group which um, uh, operates business jets and helicopters. We also uh, uh, own and manage uh, the FBOs, the VIP terminals at the uh, airports um, okay. where you go to when you come with a private flight. Um, we are a global group comprising today, I believe we have 15 aviation companies. We have 27 or 28 FBOs. We are a global workforce of approximately 1,500 employees. And within uh, everything we do, which is um, the, the, the private aviation sector, the VIP sector, we work with um, high net worth individuals, uh, with uh, companies, with uh, governments, with uh, royal families, etc., etc. Uh, so we have many uh, services in the in the luxury segment in our group. We also have a lot of the besides um, uh, managing and operating. Um, uh, the, the VIP aircraft and helicopters. We also have other services. We have uh, fine wine services. We have amazing, amazing trips. Um, and, and we do uh, client service trainings and many more uh, niche areas, all within the luxury sector. But uh, for the helicopters, we have our own organization um, where we take care of the high-end helicopters. So the uh, luxury end of the helicopter segment where we fly private and commercial um, on behalf of owners all around the world. So when you say on behalf of the owners, you mean that you are actually taking care of the day-to-day -day 
maintenance and uh, operation of the helicopter. But the helicopter might might be owned by another person or another entity. I guess in yes. most cases it's a, a company. So basically, you do all the all the day to day specialized work the helicopter requires, and then with this when this person or this company needs to fly, you make it available for them to fly, right? Whenever yes, they do. exactly. Mm-hmm. So we do not own the uh, assets. There is an owner behind, whether it's a private person, a company, as I said, the uh, government or royal family or whoever. Um, owns uh, the asset, be it a helicopter or a jet, uh, then due to very strict regulations and also a lot of other things, uh, there are requirements that these um, uh, machines, now I talk specifically on the helicopter side, but it's the same on the jet side, that uh, they are taken care of by a by uh, official helicopter company, so a commercial helicopter company or a profession, professional helicopter company. Um, so this is what we do. We um, take care of everything on behalf of the owner coming from uh, the very first step when an owner approaches us and say that he or she um, either owns a helicopter or they have the wish to own a helicopter and they need our advice. So we go in and typically try to understand what the uh, client uh, wants to do, what their habits are, what their plans are, um, how large the family is, if it's a private owner. And then we come with our best advice on which helicopter type to go for. Then the owner can decide on either uh, buy a pre-owned helicopter or maybe order a new one. But with both, it uh, requires that uh, professional people come in and support. Um, So for a pre-owned helicopter, we go out and we check uh, the market for potential options that um, we believe is a good buy. And then we go out and check that the machines actually technically are okay. So that's called a pre-buy inspection. And if things are found to be okay, we help with the negotiation on the price and the purchase. We help them register the helicopter at the most convenient place for the owner. Then we go out and uh, search for the for the right uh, flight crews, um, do the interviews, uh, hire flight crews, train them. We have operational control of the helicopter and the pilots and the engineers. Um, in some circumstances, the engineers. In other circumstances, we use third party, but we check the organizations that they have the right approvals in place. And then we manage the operation. We make sure that the helicopter is available and ready to fly whenever the owner wants to fly. Uh, We track all uh, maintenance um, inputs, uh, make sure that everything according to manufacturer's recommendations are performed uh, on the maintenance side. And we keep the helicopter up to date all the time. And then finally, we help uh, to sell the helicopter in case that is the case. And that is something the owner wants as well. And do you own uh, helicopters as well that people can charter without owning? Uh, no, we don't own helicopters, but a lot of the owners, uh, a lot of our clients, um, they don't use the helicopter every day. So uh, if it's in their interest, uh, we can offer them to charter out the helicopter when they don't need it themselves. And with that, they reduce the, uh, the cost of um, owning the helicopter. Okay, so it's an Airbnb, but for helicopters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you can call it that. that was a, I, never, I never thought about that, but you're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And 
one question I have here is actually at an operational level, how does this work? Because in the case of private jets, for example, here in the podcast, we had Adam Twiddle from Private Fly, whom, yes. and we were talking about um, all the different ways that people can enjoy a private jet. But obviously, the private jet has a range and a mobility that a helicopter doesn't have. So the, normally, the, the movements of a helicopter are much more restricted geographically. So yes. how do you manage all this, let's say, geographical footprint? Because you might have some, some of these ultra-high net worth individuals might need helicopters at different points, uh, mm -hmm. different times. Are they usually based at a, a, just at a handful of places, like let's say London or, I don't know, Zurich or some of these places where these people live? Or you might want to rotate these helicopters to other places, like in the summer, I'm thinking like the Côte d'Azur, for example, or Cannes or places like that. How does this, let's say, logistics of making helicopters available work? Um, I have to say yes to everything you suggested. Okay. <laughs> I everything. It's it's um, that there is no full solution for it. So yes, you're absolutely right. Helicopters do not fly as long distances as uh, jets, and yes, owners would like to use the helicopters also when they move around. So we have different options for all of this. So if I take, for example, our own clients with a managed helicopters, so they. Um, give the helicopters to us to take care of and manage. Um, some of these owners use the helicopters in their local region where they, uh, where they mainly live. And then when they travel, they just travel and leave the helicopter at home. And we eventually charter it out locally, if that is the case, if it's the London area, for example. Uh, there's a uh, high demand for helicopter charters. So here we can offer our clients that we can charter up the helicopters when they don't need it. Other helicopters, they are based on mega yachts. So we are um, probably the largest operator for helicopters on yachts in the world. So um, they are based permanently on the yacht. Yes. They are based permanently on the yachts. So in our dedicated helicopter management company uh, in the UK, which is called Starspeed, I have to mention, we also have other helicopter companies around the world. So we do have helicopter companies in Mexico and also in South Africa uh, to cover the local needs there. But in Starspeed in the UK, that's a little bit different because um, this company has specialized in managing helicopters that are permanently based on mega yachts. And since the owners of these mega yachts travel around the world and bring their yachts with them, then the helicopter automatically <laughs> gets transported to the other side of the world and is ready also at other locations. If the helicopter is not uh, staying on the yacht during the um, transfer, for example, um, crossing the Atlantic, then we take care of the um, transportation of the helicopters using uh, cargo planes or cargo ships. So you're, you're, you're managing like a sort of a, a naval aviation operation. For <laughs> yes, also, we, we actually are because it's a, um, you need to um, have the knowledge about how to transport safely helicopters to the other side of the world, whether it's on a ship or in the back of a cargo plane, uh, what needs to be done when they arrive, have people uh, ready who are certified to work on the helicopters. Sometimes you need to take the blades off. 
when you transport them, et cetera, et cetera. So there are many minor things that actually requires a huge expertise. So with that in mind, yes, our helicopters suddenly uh, operate globally. However, for the other parts, the, the helicopters that we do not move around, but the clients that move around and need helicopter services where we don't have based helicopters. There we have established last year a global partnership um, organization where we partner up with the best local helicopter companies in other regions, which are not part of our Luxurian group, but which are companies that we have been recommended, that we have found, that we have audited, and that, that we have decided that these companies we will partner with because they operate to, to similar standards that we do ourselves. And for those uh, helicopter companies, um, we offer... Um, we offer them to our clients and also to other clients because we truly believe that they are unique in their location and that they are companies that we would like to recommend. So we, we, we somehow connect, we connect global helicopter charter companies with clients as well. Because what would be the main centers of helicopter demand in Europe? Are there specific cities that stand out when it comes to helicopter usage? I think it's pretty much what you see um, when you travel. Where is it that people like to travel? People like to travel to the, um, to the capitals and yeah. people like to travel to the holiday destinations. And in the same locations, um, that's where you find helicopter, um, helicopter companies who are available for charter. Okay. So in Europe, it's uh, typically, you have a lot of helicopter traffic in London, you have it uh, around Paris, you have it in southern France, you have it in uh, southern Spain, uh, you have it in uh, Italy. So yes, uh, Greece, uh, holiday destinations typically, and also places where it's difficult to go from A to B. Uh, so it takes a lot of time. Take, for example, if you go to southern France, uh -huh. Anybody who have been sitting in a car from um, from Nice to Monaco, Monaco, uh, in in rush hour, they know why why people take <laughs> yeah. the shuttle. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was asking because I know in some cities like Sao Paulo in Brazil, for example, is the typical example. I guess mm -hmm. it's the same in you know other mega cities like I don't know Mexico, maybe uh, maybe New York, where you have lots of wealthy people and lots of traffic jams and and. And then uh, big distances, so people switch to helicopter if they can afford it. Uh, but yes. I, in Europe, I didn't have this, you know, I didn't have this idea of where this could be. Well, obviously, megalopolis and then all the all these playgrounds like the south of France. And do you do corporate market as well? So things like, um, I'm thinking here about the North Sea, the, all the offshore uh, movements and all that. No, we do not. That's a different different niche in the helicopter area. So in, mm -hmm. in general, in, in the helicopter world, you have um, helicopters flying in the military and you have civilian helicopters. So military, for example, you have tons of helicopters all around the world. I believe there are more military helicopters in the world than there are military fixed wings. Okay. Um, yeah. But on the, in the civilian side, then the market is typically uh, divided into, you have the commercial helicopter transport, is the uh, large helicopters flying to uh, oil and gas rigs in, in the North Sea and in, in other places of the world where you have oil and gas uh, industry. Yep. 
Then you have the commercial air transport in the uh, air taxi area, okay. uh, which is uh, charter flights. Basically, commercial air transport is everywhere where you have passengers paying for the tickets. That is considered commercial air transport. And that's also one very important item to look for, um, is that remember if you're paying for a ticket, whether it's uh, fixed wing or it's helicopter flying, remember that has to be a commercial approved helicopter or fixed wing company who uh, you are flying with. Otherwise it's private flight and, and it's a different uh, regulation. And that's a whole different story we can talk yeah, yeah, about. Of course. So what, because, what, are the, what are the helicopter yeah. what are the helicopter types that are most popular with your segment, with the more the luxury VIP segment? Are there specific models uh, or brands of helicopter that are more favorite with this segment? Yes. They are. Uh, I mean, you have you you have the main Western helicopters, which uh, are typically what we see flying everywhere. You have uh, Sikorsky, you have Airbus, you have Bell, and you have Leonardo. And then you have the the smaller um, manufacturers who, who produce are not necessarily smaller, but they produce maybe smaller helicopters. Uh, and are there heli the helicopters yeah. that go in a yacht, for example, mm -hmm. in terms of size, they should be. They, I guess they are, they, they are smaller or not really? I mean, you can have, th those yachts are so large that it really doesn't matter. You can land a helicopter. And larger and larger yachts. But um, yeah. again, here, the, the, when you cross over the uh, area with the maritime regulations and aviation regulations, you have to be very um, careful because mm -hmm. you have two sets of very regulated areas who, who sometimes cross over and, and doesn't really match each other. So, so you have to be ensure that you um, adhere to both sets of regulations. So when you operate to a yard, again, you have to think about whether you operate um, private or commercial. And if you operate private, you can have uh, almost any size of helicopter deck and you do what you want because it's your own deck, it's your own helicopter. But when it comes to commercial operations, you have to follow commercial standards and the deck has to suit the helicopter sites, mm -hmm. uh, which is of course also recommended for private operation. Um, the more the deck doesn't suit the size of the helicopter, the higher risk you fly with or you operate with. Uh, at least if it's a small, <laughs> too small deck for a too large helicopter, uh, which yeah. is obviously, then, then you have a safety issue. Um, but uh, are there, uh, preferred helicopter options. Mm. I think what often happens is that when you have owners who, who own a yacht and they also want a helicopter, they get to a point where um, they are thinking that the, the helicopter flight is so short, do I actually need a huge helicopter for that purpose? Yeah. Um, reality is, yes, you should think about it's a short flight, but um, if, if you don't make it during that flight, it's really sad. So you should go for a helicopter um, that has all the safety features that are needed yeah. uh, when you operate uh, onto a yacht. Uh, I prefer 200% twin engine helicopters. I know there's a big argument in that. Why do you need twin engine helicopters and these single engine helicopters are fully as safe? Yes, they are. But if you have a twin engine helicopter, you have a dual hydraulic system. You have dual oil 
system, etc., etc. So you have backups for everything. And I always say, would you ever go with your yacht to distant places with one engine and one hydraulic system and one oil system? And most say, no, never. So I say, then don't do it with your helicopter. Get one which um, can take you safely from A to B. And if something goes wrong, it will still take you safely from A to B. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, you have added redundancies there built in. Exactly. Yeah. And what is the typical profile, I mean, of, of, a, of a mission in this case of private helicopters? Is it moving people to and from airports? Or uh, people, if you have guests on the yacht, you're also moving them and the yacht stays offshore? Well, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out because obviously it's, it's, a, it's a bit exclusive world that I guess not many people have been able to see uh, with uh, personal capacity. So I'm, I'm just curious, what would be the main requirements I mean, so, requirements, emissions. A helicopter is the ultimate freedom. With a helicopter, you can go almost wherever you want, whenever you want. It can take off from a little spot and land on a little spot. You can fly it whenever you want, etc., etc. Of course, within the regulations and the weather and a lot of other things. But, but that means when, when you get to the point that you own a yacht, then you need the helicopter for convenience. Because you, if you own a yacht, it's quite likely that maybe you have your own airplane also, because often the airplane is a, a lighter asset, so it, uh, you reach the state in your, in your career where you can afford a, a jet before you can afford a mega yacht. So most likely you have your own airplane that takes you from the, the airport A to airport B whenever you want. Um, then at one moment when you own that, it's very likely that you have a point in your career where you also have a house, maybe not just one nice location, yeah. but maybe many, two many nice locations. <laughs> yes, and when you look out the window, you look at the beautiful ocean and you want to go sailing. Yeah. So you, you get to the point where now it's time and to, to get a yacht. And finally, when you get to the size of the yacht where you can bring a helicopter also, that is simply to have an easy transfer from the airport when you land directly to your, to your yacht or to your private garden. Um, mm -hmm. So it's to, to, to make life easier and more fun. Mm -hmm. It's also that when you come to a nice destination and you want to go for a sightseeing tour, you want to go and fly and land close to a nice restaurant, it's possible. Mm -hmm. You can bring guests safely and uh, easily to the, to the yacht as well. Uh, I would say um, the, the alternative is to go on a tender and if uh, it's a bit windy you know how it is to be in a little boat yeah, yeah. <laughs> sailing. Um, not everybody likes that so, so that's why you get a helicopter and also for the for the security and for the safety because yeah. you can always be brought from your yacht in case you have an issue a medical issue you can be flown to shore and you can be flown um, to a hospital if needed. So, so it's basically for convenience of the owners. And, and privacy, I guess, because if you are like a, a major celebrity or a royal, I guess, you cannot just walk in the street like this <laughs> without being spotted. So that gives you convenience. Absolutely. And that's also why helicopters are amazing, because that's not just for celebrities, but you have places in the world where it's simply not safe to go in a car for long distance. You have that in Africa, you have that in uh, South America, you, you even sometimes uh, have it in, in, in the middle of, of Europe. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. Helicopters are safe if they are safely operated. If you look at the um, accident statistics in Europe and you compare commercial helicopter operations to uh, commercial uh, airlines, actually helicopters have a better safety record. So operating commercially to commercial standards um, makes a difference in, in the helicopter environment. And how many people fit into these helicopters you fly in a, into the yachts, for example? That all depends on, on, on the size of the helicopters and the seats. Yeah. So a typical configuration is maybe um, six seats in the in the back. Mm -hmm. So passengers, the pilots, and um, the pilots in the front, or one pilot and a passenger next to them. That's also possible. And the interior, how would it look like? Interiors, uh, obviously, it's not. You don't have the the same amount of space that you have in a private jet. Uh, but um, you still would have interiors that are kind of fitted for purpose, as luxurious as they can be for, for yes, the uh, environment. Yes, so basically what we talked about before, the, the different type of helicopter operations you have, as I mentioned uh, earlier, you have the military and the civilian. On the civilian side, you have the big helicopters that go to oil, pad, uh, oil rigs. They are um, fitted in a corporate seating meaning that the seats are more or less like what you would find in the bus. And uh, in those, you typically need a headset because there's um, less padding. And so the noise level is, uh, is higher in the cabin. Then you have, uh, of course, the whole uh, medical helicopter world where the interior in the back is uh, for ambulance use. So you have uh, all the equipment that you use for for medical purposes to be transported in a helicopter instead of a uh, ground ambulance. In some parts of the world, uh, especially in Australia, companies who do medical transport have also some extra seats, so they can do they can switch from being a medical helicopter provider, uh, flying helicopter emergency medical services to be able to offer charter services um, because they can take out the cabin and then they can put in uh, seats and a uh, carpet on the floor. And suddenly they have a corporate helicopter seating just like the ones you go offshore and they can offer that for charter. In other places of the world, then uh, that is not as common. In Australia it's specific because you have huge distances and often when you have helicopters, you need both the, the capacity to do medical flights and to do passenger transport and to do maybe utility work because helicopters are also used in the utility world to transport things, uh, lift heavy things and um, be, be used in, in lodging, etc., etc. And then finally, I have to say, you have expeditionary helicopters who go with scientists to um, the Arctic region and Antarctica, and that's again a different service. So the, the sector that we are in is um, the, the, the high-end VIP. So most of our helicopters look like a limousine in the back or a business jet, and the padding is much thicker on the walls. So in our helicopters, in most of them at least, you do not need to wear headsets. You can just okay. sit. It's very um, soundproof in the back and, and you sit almost like in, in your living room. So that's a very uh, sort of a different, differential factor when you market the helicopter for, a, for an ultra high net worth uh, clientele is actually the noise, having the level of noise that you can offer. It's level of noise. It's also some of the types that are used for, um, we call it VVIP. 
helicopter transport, very VIP helicopter transport. Uh, they here we also choose the um, helicopters who have the least vibra vibrations mm -hmm. and who have the most comfortable profile when you come in and land. Some helicopters uh, land with very high nose up. Um, some land very straight and level. So, so it depending on what what the clients prefer. If they love the uh, the sports car type, we yeah. will buy them for a sports car uh, type helicopter. But if they liked, you know, the comfortable, the the, the more smooth flight, then we will advise another type of helicopter. Okay. You, you can get them all. Interesting. I did, I was not aware of that. But, uh... Uh, different helicopters had a different ways of landing and uh, of moving around. Yes, interesting. thank you. <laughs> Very interesting. And it's all about the aerodynamic, right? If they have uh, more nose up or more nose down, or if they are more straight and level when they fly, they, they all, every helicopter has its um, specifics. Uh, it's mm -hmm. difficult to, to say which one is the nicest. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like. Really, if you are passionate about them. <laughs> it's, like car, it's like cars, like. You can yes. have very luxurious cars, but of different make. You know, it's not the same as Ferrari than a, a Rolls Royce, for example. A completely exactly. different exactly. approach. One, one might be more fun to fly than the other, and okay. one might be more comfortable to sit in the back in, in than the other one. Okay. One of the helicopters we have, we actually have uh, our largest helicopter is a, in VIP configuration is a S92. So that is the same type that you normally use for oil and gas transport uh, to fly um, offshore. But we have it with leather seats in the back and there's even a bathroom on board. So that one can take 16, 17 passengers and, and go for a longer flight. And if needed, there's a bathroom. <laughs> it's a pretty big, pretty big helicopter. Huh? Yes. Yeah. And how do you see these new designs that are expected to come up soon like they there's an italian company uh, that is designing a, a tilt rotor for the mm -hmm. civilian market the same concept that the u.s military uses for to move the yes. marines around it's a vehicle that can land as a helicopter but then it transitions the rotors to a horizontal position and can move like an airplane and then move again the rotors to a, a vertical position and then land as a helicopter so until now, this is only used by the U.S. military, but mm -hmm. there are projects to do this for the civilian market as well. Um, how do you see this, uh, this new concept? Uh, do you think it's, it's coming up soon? And, and do you see it as interesting for the type of people that you work with? Uh, how do I see it? I love new technologies and I love new ideas. And I like when you think out of the box and come up with things that, um, nobody else thought about mm -hmm. um, this I think is truly inspiring well it, it gives you the more speed basically when you need to move from point A to point B uh, still yeah. letting you land I'm not sure about the um, actual specifications though I don't know if it needs more space to land or I don't know exactly how how it, it works in terms of um, landing requirements but it, it, I checked it and it, it looked pretty interesting I can see that being adopted by many people that need the, have this need for, for, for privacy and speed. Uh, I think uh, I've been and uh, seen it and been inside it. Uh, I, I think it's a uh, interesting development. Mm -hmm. I still must say it, it's a difficult area to develop something new in because for many years, uh, 
basically since uh, Sikorsky <laughs> developed the, the, the modern helicopter, a lot of things have been tried. And the only thing that really works well <laughs> is the helicopter. And we can see it also on all the new um, uh, UAMs. The, yes, the new I want, wanted to ask you about this. How is this seen from the, from the industry? All the new dream of projects that are coming up, like the Volocopter and uh, Airbus have its own model as well. Uber has been investing as well in a, its own model. So most of them have characteristics that are quite similar to helicopter. Yeah, I guess that's going to have an impact somehow on the way that people move in these uh, type of distances. I think the development is really, really interesting. They, uh, I wish that they could find a, a new type of machine that has the same or even better capability than the helicopter, but without the noise, without the cost, without the, uh, all, all the things that uh, does that not everybody owns a helicopter. The only issue with it is that if you look at, <laughs> I have to say, I looked at some of the drawings of um, other types of helicopters back from the 40s and the 50s. They were already making these machines at that time. They, they were drawing the same concept, the same everything. Um, of course, today it's a little bit different with the uh, electronics, the avionics, the, the, the way that you can fly these machines from via computer from the ground, etc., etc. But but the concepts were there at that time as well. They were looking at uh, four rotors on the top instead of uh, instead of just one different tail rotors and different everything. I don't think anyone yet has come up with the winner. I have to mm -hmm. say because some of these um, new developments, even though they are fantastic, they are actually huge. And and I was a little bit um, is this. 10 step or is this one step forward and three backwards or what is it um, because you need the space for them it's the same thing with the tilt rotor it's not just straightforward it's a super good idea but there are so many things that makes it difficult also i think it it will be great when we when we get a solution it would be fantastic. I would love to be the first operator of the tilt rotor. I would love to be the first operator of, of the, whichever passenger drone. Um, but I'm still to see the perfect concept. Yeah. Because yeah. There, it, it is difficult when, when you touch helicopter aerodynamics and you mix them with fixed wing and you mix them with a uh, the different type of rotor. Um, it's not easy. And that's also why we had uh, a few years ago that the whole world were looking at, uh, this is fantastic, uh, we will have these in the air within five years. I actually thought, probably, we, we will have be able to fly around in drones. Will it be much better than the ultralights or similar? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I wasn't convinced, but uh, I'm sure, still sure, we will have uh, some passenger drones and people flying in them. The, the, the whole concept on how do we operate these is a bit more uh, complex because you have the airspace, um, where do you want these machines flying, uh, who shall operate them, because the, the risk is that even though it's uh, machines that can be controlled by a computer, by everything, there's still human factors involved. You can still have a mistake in the development, in the, in the operation. And if you don't use the experienced people, uh, I will say the, the operators who have experience with human factors and safety management, 
if, if they do not get involved in operation of these new machines, then you will see the same amount of accidents that we had until now, I think. Yeah, we're still some way off. Uh, this becoming mainstream. We'll see. I mean, some of these projects are quite ambitious. They, uh, they expect to be flying regularly between the next three to five years. We, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, Charlotte, one question I have for you. Um, how can you book a helicopter? So if I wanted to book a helicopter, what's the, what's the best way to do it? Just come to Lux Aviation website and tell you where I need to fly and when, and, and then you arrange it or... Of course, you can just um, contact us at helicopters with an S, helicopters at luxaviation.com. Uh -huh. Give us a request and yeah, we, will, uh, we will guide you. We will I'll... then guide you to, um, um, to the best option in your area, whom we would have booked with ourselves. Or we can propose you, if we have our own helicopters available, we can propose you. Um, to book one of our helicopters but if it's in a region where we do not mm -hmm. have helicopters available we will make use of our fantastic uh, helicopter partner um, partner network so we have uh, companies that we work with in um, in both north america in south america in all of europe in asia uh, everywhere so uh, the process is basically the following i go to lux aviation well obviously i can I can contact you via email or telephone, but uh, mm -hmm. if not, there's the option of sending a request via the Lux Aviation website. So mm -hmm. I see here I can, I'm on luxaviation.com. Yes. And I see there is a form where mm -hmm. I can enter from where I want to fly to where. Departure, yes. there's even one way round trip multi city, like a, just like a normal airline. I can specify which type of aircraft I want to fly. Or oh, I see mm -hmm. you have also the private jets, how many passengers, okay, then enter the email, and then this is not automated, right? So I, I send it, and, and then, then you work out the quote, and you, yes. you contact then me with a quote. To, um, uh -huh. Yes, you're right, then it gets to our offices, and we will get back to you, uh -huh. and uh, let you know um, which options we can uh, suggest you. If we have a preferred operator in in the area where you want to fly, we will simply guide you directly to that operator so that you deal directly with them um, because that is the easiest for all the small um, uh, corrections there might be. You have a change update or you have more people, less people or more luggage or the weather changes. So it's easier for you to, to deal directly with the operator. Uh, if it's in a region where um, we don't really have anyone to forward you to, then what we can suggest is that um, we can look for an operator for you. We actually managed uh, uh, recently to find the, the only twin engine modern, modern helicopter in Mongolia. Oh, wow. Which was a correct uh, commercial register with all the right authorizations. And then we uh, gave the contacts to the client. So, so we, we do have all our specific ways to find um, two operators. Yeah, you know, Mongolia is one of the countries that's very, very close to the top of my list, places I want to, <laughs> yes. I want to visit. So I'll keep it in mind if I go there, want to, yes. to fly over the, the step. Um, very good. So I'm going to add a link so that anyone that wants to book a helicopter can easily send you a, a quote. Uh, sorry, I request a quote and, and send you a request for, for a booking. 
and then we will help to guide to uh, the best option uh, mm -hmm. for an operator amongst our network. How, just to wrap it up, um, have you been much affected by all this pandemic thing? I think every transportation related company in the world has been affected. Yes, mm -hmm. this is a crisis in the transport sector and the tourism sector that has not been seen till ever, now. Yeah. yeah, it has not been seen ever. Yeah. I think in the business aviation sector, we have been very fast to react to it mm -hmm. because we are used to working with a not planned schedule. Yeah. We are used to getting requests left, right and centers, change, changes left, right and center. So we are very, uh, our whole business aviation organization is fully prepared for the unknown all the yeah. time. So we've been extremely fast as, uh, at reacting, but we have also realized that this is so serious that uh, we need to work together in the sector. So we have done a lot of initiatives to work with also our competitors to work together to together get through this and help each other out. In the helicopter sector, in general, yes, we have been hit. We have not been hit in the same way as uh, the airliners. Uh, also because the helicopter sector typically uh, have a big part of our industry is doing medical helicopters. So they have still been flying. However, one thing to realize is a lot of these companies were doing medical flights and that's also their source of uh, revenue, of course. And the thing is when people are not allowed to drive from A to B, yeah. there are luckily less accidents, but that also means that these helicopter companies have no request for flights. So mm -hmm. uh, they are in a way, even though they are less, um, less hit than the airlines who are simply not allowed to fly. They hardly hit the sector. Yeah. So, well, I guess uh, quite a few people rushing to their yachts to self-isolate <laughs> in the middle of the sea. That, that is true. So yes, we have still been working during all this. Um, so we, we are maybe, how should I say, one of the niche areas that are less affected but on the other hand um, since we are also involved very much with the yachting industry we are so deeply um, connected to to the whole industry which is suffering right so, yes so. yes of course and, and obviously there are many as well many social occasions and events uh, high profile things like uh, film festivals and, and big industry conventions and things like that that have been cancelled. So I guess that... A lot of things so. are not going on. I mean, I'm looking yeah. at uh, my, my helicopter partners in places of the world. Uh, for example, New York has been extremely hard hit. Uh, so our partners, Heliflight there, they have been extremely restricted in what they were able to do because they were not simply not allowed to... to to move from A to B, and and the same thing in other places of the world. Our partners in um, in, in southern Spain, Heliti, but however they shifted quickly to do medical flights, which they which they also do. So they um we, they didn't shift, but uh, they luckily had that sector as well. So they have been doing a lot of efforts to support um, hospital and the medical world. Um, mm -hmm. And the same thing for our partners in other places of the world who were in or in other regions. Uh, had had other missions to do 
but still it's it's tough i can imagine yeah yeah i have to say a lot of the helicopter companies are not very large they are small companies who many of them own their helicopters and they have the pilots hired so when there is no revenue coming in what do you do nobody you can't sell your helicopter nobody wants to buy it right now Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a a sad situation yeah well hopefully it looks like things are improving in some regions of the world so let's see how it goes i I think so too but i think also that the politicians have to uh, react now and Mm -hmm. open up the airports open up the transport industry and the tourism and everything because otherwise the economy would be much harder hit than they realize and there's nothing preventing neither the airlines nor the helicopter companies nor the private jets to operate fully safely with um, hand sanitizers with masks with everything so that the transport from a to b is done exactly in the same manner as uh, the procedures you have in place in in the country where if you are more than x amount of people together you have to wear a mask you don't shake hands you uh, um, wash your hands often it's it can be done completely the same way that there's no difference actually there's less intervention because you you have the whole um, ventilation system on board the aircraft with fresh air all the time it's it's fully safe so you have on the helicopter it's the same as in an uh, airplane uh, commercial airplanes that you are renewing the air all the time it's done the same way it's done Uh the same way and the the helicopters is even easier (laughs) because we fly uh, sometimes at a speed where you actually can open the window also yeah so There is nothing preventing a a safe and secure flight. Well, let's hope that things get better soon. (laughs) And I think we can can leave it here for now. Uh, Maybe we can revisit the topic of helicopters sometime in the future. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you. And hopefully see you again soon. Thank you very much.